Welcome to Fabulous After 50, the podcast for women wanting to make the most of their lives. My name is Julie Kennedy, and I am your host. Let's welcome back today to Fiona Passantino, a senior culture and engagement manager who we featured about her other book a year ago, and that was the Handbook for Post-COVID Communication. So delighted to have you back to discuss your latest, it's a comic book, we're going to get into that in a minute, and the title is Handbook for Post-COVID Engagement. But before we get into that, Fiona, can you start with introducing yourself, what you do, why you do it, maybe where you're based, before we get into the topic? itself. Well, thanks, Julie. It's great to be back and happy to, to be here. So yes, what I do is I work for as the culture and engagement manager, and this includes internal communication and employee well-being. And I've been doing this for some years now, and it's kind of a fusion between an HR role and a communications role. And the main job is to make sure that a working community is inspired, connected, engaged, and well-informed. And what I've noticed in the last few years as we've gone through COVID is that it has completely changed how we see our jobs and our lives. And it's caused us to do a bit of thinking. Right. And we see the results of this when you look at attrition and burnout rates and the fact that you can't get personnel and the fact that you can't hire somebody who is skilled anymore, or at least not easily. And this is all telling the same story. Right. So this is a comic book for executives. And what it is, is it tells the story of COVID, what it was like to live and work in COVID for future generations because of... Yes, exactly. There will be a day where people will be like, COVID? What was that? That's right. And it intersperses that story with research-driven advice, very practical six steps to improving your workplace culture. And this is aimed specifically for team leads or HR professionals or anybody who has a team, anybody who manages people, who is part of an office situation, who has colleagues, who wants to improve the working culture. Right, which is crucial. And I mean, everything has changed, right? COVID has really changed how we work, you know, and and especially if we talk about engagement, right? We're going to get into that. But I like to always set the scene. So Fiona, I'd like just a little bit about who you are. Where are you from? Well, it's a long story. I'm originally from the United States and I've been living in Europe about half my life. I came over here in my early 20s with a study abroad and and I never went home. Somewhere along the line, I met a nice tall Dutchman and settled down in The Hague. And that's where I live now with two kids, one cat, and the house, the tree, the car, all the things. That all the things that, that belong with that. Now, I, love, you know, I always like setting the scene. I love the fact that not only the audience, but also the speakers, AL, from all areas of the world, and lots of them like you or like me are, you know, what I would call like expats, as in we're not living in the country of our origin, but have made it our home, some for longer than others. It's always interesting that since this is all about, you know, fabulous after 50 is how, how we live our lives and what we do to inspire us and to inspire others. Right. So, okay. So, I mean, it's a comic book. And if I remember well, the last one, it's got absolutely wonderful pictures, as in the comics themselves are absolutely adorable and and very speaking, as in they really, they really resonate with you. You can see their emotions. So why why the need for the second book? What would you say is the the reason which made you think, okay, my first book, you know, post-COVID communication is great, but there is a need for a second one. Thank you for that question. Yes, absolutely. The very the first one was written really in the middle of COVID. 
And I was put on internal communications for crisis communications for COVID. So I was in charge of telling the employees what to do, how, when to come All in, right. how to come in, how to go about your working life in a fully remote, sealed off environment. Yeah. And so we had to change the way we communicated and the way we talked. It all became digital. It had to become short. Our attention spans yes. were out the window. We were panicked. We were confused. We were scared. Yeah. We needed to have very clear, very specific instructions, highly visual. We all remember during COVID how visuals literally saved our lives. You saw those pictures of the this COVID spiky yes. virus. And, you know, this is a, a nonverbal communication that was seen around the world. When to wear masks, when to distance. This True. was done largely yeah. with visuals. So that was that work. Then I found as we got out of COVID and as we started returning to the office, there seemed to be a real divide between leadership and employees. Leadership okay. wanted people to come back to the office. It was time to start up again. We're going to go just the way things used to be, except we want that productivity that you exhibited during COVID when none of us had to commute and we could all yes. work nice, you know, More nine hours. hours. Yeah, exactly. Focused, totally focused. We were extremely productive. When we went, let's say, yeah. into the bunkers. There's no more chit-chat. There's no more traveling. There's no more taking time to get into your work environment. You just get yeah. straight to it, right? That's right. We were spared our commutes. We were spared those lovely coffee moments. We were spared our lunches and our nice little pull-asides in the yeah. parking lots and so on. And we became amazingly productive. And it also changed the boundaries, right? Home and office, because then, you know, before you would leave home and depending on, on your job, right, you could shut the door or take it home with you. But there, there was at least a, a physical transition from one place to another. Whereas there, I mean, I think I think also maybe in some way people were, were also willing to work different hours because they were alone as well and because they wanted the purpose and because they wanted to feel they were still part of something. Whereas obviously now that's changed, right? Exactly. Yes, we were a little bit bored. There was nothing else to do. We couldn't yeah. just go to a club or do karaoke. We had to sit at home and either do yoga online or work. And so we yeah. wound up working a lot. And we wound up getting rid of people. There was a, an enormous recession. A lot of people lost their jobs. And a lot of people had to take on three people's jobs. And that okay. was doable during the pandemic because we were all able to focus 19 hours a day. And the boundaries, like you say, were blurry. But now things are a little bit different. Now the expectation is we keep that same level of productivity, that 10%, 5%, whatever it's measured. And we add to that our 1.5 average hours of commute time. Right. Plus those little parking lot pull-asides and the lovely coffee meetings, which yep. we all love, but they take time. Yes. The meetings, the physical spaces, the pull-asides in coffee corners and so on. And so now our working days are looking like 14-hour, 15-hour yeah. days, unsustainable. Yes. That's what explains a lot of the burnout. Right. So you saw a real divide. You see it still within companies. And engagement managers, culture and people managers started to be the hot new job description. And so that's what I'm doing now. And that's it's actually doing. the most interesting job to have at the most interesting moment in our history, because all of this is being redefined yeah. and, and democratized in many ways. Now, let's start with 
defining engagement because you know all of this that you're saying is you know this the, the focus is on the word engagement so engagement at the place of work or you know maybe we can even broaden it out to engagement in whatever it is that we're now doing again how, how do you define engagement that's also an excellent question because there's a big difference in how this is defined the very first engagement roles came out as almost like a corporate cheerleader and their job was to get people to do stuff online with the company. So right. post on the feeds and rah-rah, get cheerful, do more stuff, yoga meetings and muffin mornings and events and yeah. plannings and town halls and make sure that people were in the feeds and make sure that people were participating. But to me, I think it's also evolved because now it's all about really deeply understanding your working community and understanding what they need, what they want, so that they can come to work in the best possible way. Does engagement involve a two-way communication? Because, you know, everything that you've just said from the company point of view, the Muffin Mortons and the yoga and all of that, it all sounds like we're feeding you, right? You're, you're there and we're giving you all of this stuff. But doesn't engagement need to be going both ways? Yes, that's exactly right. You have your head on it because it's a two-way conversation. The first generations of engagement managers would just throw all these activities at the staff. Here is uh, yeah. this session, mindfulness. We've thought about you, do this, yes. Right, exactly. Do this, do, 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 do. But there is not very much listening. And by doing the listening, I engage what's in what's called a radical listening, which is anytime you have the opportunity to hear what people are trying to say, grab it. it whether it's a poll whether it is an opinion on what kind of pizza to serve for pizza night, right. anything you can get the opinion on, ask, because it will build trust in the survey process. When you expand on this very radical listening and you make it into a conversation rather than a one-way messaging broadcast, you, you learn things like people are overwhelmed. They need yes. space. They need time. They need conscious workload reduction. They need space to breathe. They need space to be creative. Yeah. People and they need really to be heard, right? They just want to be heard. I am not just a number within an organization. I'm a person with certain skills, maybe skills I don't even know yet, which I could put at the service of the organization. But I won't ever get to know that if nobody's listening to what I'm actually saying. Yes, exactly. And this is the, I'm trying to go back to the way things used to be before COVID. But during COVID, we realized that so much trust was put into us workers, let's say, to go about our jobs without yes. much supervision and then coming back out of it and re-entering the, the workforce, let's say the physical place of work and still wanting to retain that kind of control. I, for instance, know how to do my job. I know that I need to be in the office a few days a week, but that I can do my office, my work very well from home or from some other environment. And we've seen other things come about with this kind of mindset, which is the workation, where yeah. you go to another country and you work from there. And this is unlocking all kinds of yeah. new perspective shifts and creative thinking, problem solving, challenges, and even getting in touch with new markets that we didn't have before. Right. And it's all new, right? I mean, it's new from, from the employer's point of view, as in what, what, what their needs to, you know, for productivity and for numbers and for all the rest, but also, you know, from employees and their way of working. And indeed that, that freedom and trust that there was put in us that we were going to do our hours and that, you know, it wasn't really the hours which mattered. It was the outcome. You know, if, if you can do it in, in shorter, then great. And if it takes you longer, then fine plan for it. But it's more a question of, of indeed 
it's very different, right? I mean, who could have thought, who could have thought of that, especially if we're talking about corporate? I mean, I, I'm a, an entrepreneur, and of course, lots of, of the people listening are in, in this group as well. But, you know, so we were maybe more used to, you know, workation. I mean, I've been doing that for years. I just have my work my tablet with me and you know next week I'll be in the south of France but nobody's gonna even know that I'm in the south of France because I'll be doing exactly the same thing and my screen's blurred anyway so I mean there's no there's no really difference in what you're doing but I mean obviously a corporation often does have an office and does have that sort of synergy also that you get of having people together in the same place definitely there's value to that as well there's that proximity that face-to-face interaction with people. There's no question that there's value to that. And there are companies for whom proximity is a core value. And that's a very compelling argument to make. Here at this company, we believe in face-to-face communication. We believe in each other's proximity. We believe in this human approach. That is a very valid, valid point of view. And a lot of people really would love to be part of that. There are also the companies that employ, let's say, full flexibility working models where they say, we don't care where you are. We want you to just deliver results. Yeah. And this unlocks worldwide that has no expectation of ever coming to an office. They work, you know, 24 seven right around the world from yeah. the Bangalore. Of course, to- it's the three things, isn't it? There's, you know, the old idea of online which was, you know, you're fed something. Like, say, it's like a television or a film. You sit there, you put your thing, your ear things in, and you listen or you watch. And then had, you had the face-to-face, you know, the normal work style. You go in and you have your meetings and you have your coffee conversations and, and your, you know, whatever it is. But, I mean, so now the idea is how do you bring both together and make that the digital is also interactive i mean that's where all these tools you know none of us would have ever thought of having zoom meetings you know before but it's also so it's using the visual of course so you're all about visuals and how we can use them to deliver our message to best effects that's what you know all this communication is about right that's right it's both it's flat and it's very visual so by flat i mean it's in a way, non-human. Of course, you're interacting with another human on the other side of the screen, but the actual experience is one which is flat and non-human. And so you miss about 90% of the communication, which is the body language, the proximity, when you have a flat call. So right now you're saying things to me, I'm only getting 10% of what you're submitting, let's say the, the full human part of you, but we're still able to have a conversation. So we're able to meet the needs of this moment. However, it's not the full experience. So each company, each team, each association will have to weigh, where do I fall on that spectrum? Am Mm -hmm. I going back 100% to the way things were before? Do I redefine something in a radically different way? And, And everybody, every team lead has to make that assessment for themselves. Right. So where do we go from here, do you think? Oh, that's the million dollar question. Yeah. I mean, things have changed so fast. You know, when you think that I was writing in my blog not long ago, I'd I'd done a trip to Korea. When was it? It was 2019, I think. And I'd, I hadn't written it out until recently. And I'm talking about, you know, that people are wearing masks in the street, nothing to do with COVID. This was before COVID, but of course, Asian people often do, right? It's for smog, for, for germs, for all the rest. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, none of us would ever 
have imagined what we've been through. You know, when we look all those disaster films on television, people will be thinking, gosh, you know, we were told to not go out. We were told we couldn't hug our families. We were told we couldn't go into the office, but we still needed to work. And I mean, can we go back at all to be to like it was before? You know, you were saying one of the options is you go back to, okay, life as it was before, but that will not be possible. No, the quick answer is no. The longer answer is that we're very quick to forget. We want desperately That's to forget true. that this all happens. So we're it's all especially bad stuff, right? It's a bit like yeah. giving birth. You know, you forget about all the <laughs> all the horrible. Actually, I think quite a few of us do. But let's say that the majority of it it stays in the end a positive experience because we have birthed a child. But yes, yes. That's exactly right. We're all really careful not to mention COVID again, to move on as if it never happened. We want to get back to our lives again. And I get that. There's value in that. However, you cannot really wrap your head around how big this was. And it, we went through it together. It was a yes. global collective trauma that united yes. our species in a certain time of history in a way that it has never had before. It's enormous. Things Very were changing true. in Asia at the same time they were changing in South America, yeah. the same time they were changing in Australia. We were all going through it together. And this is a very, very big thing that has never happened to yeah. this planet, this species before. And none of us knew what to do, right? That's, that's also, you know, usually right. you think that the scientists will know or, you know, the governments that you've elected will make them. But there, none of us knew. It was everybody was battling around in the dark. That's right. That's right. We were figuring things out on the fly. And I suspect this will be the same thing. So as we're crawling back out of our caves and, and re-entering the world, kind of blinking in the sunlight, hoping that this is it, we are redefining things minute by minute. And some of us will go one extreme, like you you, you heard what happened at Tesla, where, where people are mandated it's, it's 100% or go home. Yeah. You also have the other extreme where companies dissolve their physical locations yeah. altogether. And they say, we do not exist in brick and mortar at all. We make a statement that we exist in an entirely digital context. So somewhere between those two extreme, yeah. extremes will be the right fit for, for whatever. But likely there will be, I hate to say this, but other things that will force us into our bunkers. If you look at what's happening in California right now, 90% of California is under flood watch. Well, right. are people going to be commuting to work? We're looking down the barrel at likely any number of environmental disasters yes. that are going to be hit. I, I feel in many ways that COVID was kind of like a dry run. It was like a test oh, of yeah. the system. How, how flexible we are and how, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and how can yeah I mean, that makes sadly very much sense what you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, what was your mission with the book? So, I mean, you're, you're all about, you know, communication. You're all about the, this engagement. That's your job. It's to think, you know, how can I make it better? How can I make the corporations operate better with this engagement? So what, I mean, obviously, we're not going to tell us all those secrets which are in the book. We want to encourage people to go out there and get the book, gift the book, suggest the book to the people around them who, who are in a position to be having an influence within a team but I suppose in a way we can also we extrapolate that to our environments as well for those who are not in corporate yeah absolutely it's really any working environment at all right and I suspect also for entrepreneurs if you have a staff of three people you yeah. have a team that's already yeah. a team that's already an organization and how you define that is is very much guided by our current environment so what was the purpose of the book well to ease our pain in our right. work lives. I, th I do think that we're all experiencing something that we can't quite wrap our heads around and, and leadership is in pain and employees are in pain. And this book is just six easy ways to lessen that pain and to 
try to improve the place that we call our work and, that, and it's a culture. It's a mindset shift for leadership and also for employees. And it's a leveling of the playing field in some ways. It's, it's increased democratization, it's increased listening, and it's just six easy steps. So one of them is to deeply listen. And there are many layers yes. of listening, there are many different ways of listening. So there's the deep cultural deep dive, which involves interviews and so on. There's the little loop polling. There's also how do you bring in laughter? Uh, mm. It's a conscious effort. There are steps to bringing in joy and laughter into the workplace that eases our the redundant work that we have. It lightens our stress. It makes yeah. us more creative, creates a yeah. safe space. So there are five of these kinds of other steps that you can take. And it's just a matter of following steps and making it up. What I'm thinking here, you know, of course, this is for corporate and it's written for corporate and it's a specific environment, you know, an organization, or as you say, an entrepreneur who has three people, people of staff, but we could even pull that out even further, couldn't we? I mean, even any organization, you know, if we're talking about, you know, I was just busy thinking of my Buddhist organization, which is also very structured, which is, you know, so some meetings online, some face-to-face, you know, what did we lose? What did we gain? What engagement are we keeping with, you know, with that group? Or even in some cases, you know, I'm also thinking family. I used to be very averse to these sort of family meetings that the family had decided to have on a Sunday night via Zoom, because, you know, by then I was Zoomed out. And the last thing I wanted to do was sit behind. And, and then you also see sometimes I join, I think, well, nobody's really listening to each other. This is actually making me feel even more alone than etc. But I mean, I'm listening to your tip here about I've just written down laughter and really radical listening. I mean, those are tips which would be very good for that engagement family you know we don't have to have a relationship with each other it's not it's not a a salary based but it is let's say a love based thing you know why should I listen to you and am I feeling better after this conversation or worse do I feel heard and valued do do I then go back into life feeling you know supported and uplifted you know those are also things which are obviously important at work but also outside of that I don't see why not. I hadn't thought of it this way, but if you look at the story of COVID, it was the work and the life that was impacted. So there's no reason at all why these principles can't also be applied to life as well as work. And yes, a family is an organization. We had charts in COVID. We had a whiteboard as a family because we, everybody was at home all the time. So we needed to, you know, create space. So we ran our little company, little family yeah your unit kind of like a company yeah yeah that's right yeah okay no, now I, I always ask for three tips now you've already mentioned two so I'll let you off the hook for those two you <laughs> know about listening and laughter give us one more that we can all use whether we're in corporate I mean obviously we won't count the tip of get the book right we'll discuss in a second where that can be got hold of and I would advise people because I mean I'm not in corporate either but I got the first one it's really a pleasure and and there's always parts of it and people you can think of that this would be very helpful for but so give us one more tip of how we can you know if we're talking about yeah, post-COVID engagement in our lives. What what else would you say? Sure. The final tip is about purpose and making everything you do in the organization about a purpose-driven organization. And by the way, this can also be a family. I'm trying to like apply this to family. Not everything works, but people get out of bed in the morning, not for a paycheck, but for a yeah. purpose. So there are a lot of paychecks out there to be had. Yeah. You don't Get out of bed because you're. And a paycheck doesn't automatically make you happy. It covers the bills, which might make you, you know, less scared or whatever. But that's not where you find happiness, is it? Exactly. People need mission. They need purpose and vision. 
So a vision that is clear and well communicated. And if you are not able to accurately spit out a purpose as to why you get out of bed in the morning, you're not going to be doing it. You're going to be looking no. around for something else or you'll be quiet quitting. Oh, not doing your best. You know, you'll just be basically dragging your feet till the end of the day. But that's not the sort of working that we're talking about. We're talking about being actively engaged at work, right? And wanting to use our skills to fulfill our mission or exceed our mission. Absolutely right. And there are companies for whom this is easy. There are companies that do the right thing for the environment. There are companies that deal with nutrition. A company like Danone, it's fairly easy because you're bringing health to buy food to as many people as possible. Oh, yeah. So that's quite yeah. easy, actually. You yeah. make everything about your purpose. Yeah. Uh, there are companies that have a harder time uh, yes. that really aren't are tr- profit-driven, profit yes. for a very small number of people that do not make the world a better place, that, that make people addicted to things yeah. that destroy the environment. They have a harder time. And they yeah. may well not be able to use this or have to leverage something else or diversify. Yeah. But it's one of the biggest ways to drive engagement is to remind people all the time of why they're there, yeah, why they're pushing agree. papers, why they're going from meeting to meeting, why they're answering emails at mm. you know two o'clock in the morning if they have to. Why? Why? Is yeah. it is it to make somebody rich, somebody that you don't even know who's not listening to you? No, and uh, it doesn't, that's not it doesn't fulfill the, the deeper needs in us, right? I don't know if you, did you ever read the book by, it's still one of my absolute favorite. It's a tiny little book. It's by Viktor Frankl called Man's Search for Meaning. And it's really that you, you know, as long as you have that meaning, that purpose that, that, that you can see, you know, your, your role also in it, you know, in the human need to be heard, to be seen, to be, to count for something and, and a vision or a, a mission, as you say, that purpose has to be, you know, something which truly inspires us. That's what makes us happy. That's what makes companies profitable. That makes employees happy. That makes people happy and driven. Right. Now let's get into rapidly where we can get hold of this book, Fiona. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it isn't just a book. So I also blog. Every month I produce two little articles of, and comics. So sign up for the blog. It's really fun. And you get the stuff that's fresh off the press. When, where can that be found? Postcovidhandbook.com. Postcovidhandbook.com. Now we can all remember that, even if you're listening in, <laughs> yes. the, in the train or all right. Postcovidhandbook.com. I'll write it through as well. And there you can sign up for the blog. You can also load the book. It's a Kindle version. It's You can reach out to me and I'll send you a PDF if you can't get the Kindle in your country. It's also a paper sure email. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then there will be podcasts on the way. There will be some YouTube videos on the way that take each little piece of the book and, and put it out there. And that's all free to, to read and, and watch. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. What a mission you're on, you know, to take away the pain. That's what you said, you know, and, and as you say, we're all part of the creation process as well, aren't we? I mean, it's, it's, we're all making this happen, but thankfully that there's somebody like you who remembers and who sees, you know, what are the elements, which, whichever form this ends up taking, that those elements need to be in there to, to truly, truly have that, that human engagement factor, even in the digital world. So Fiona, thank you very, very much for this today. Uh, good luck. I mean, I'm curious to see, you know, there'll be a third book, I'm sure, because you're constantly <laughs> thinking about how can I help? Oh, how yes, can I help them? Third, yeah. There will be a third book. 
look for the Thank tips. You. I mean, for us also without the tips, it's, you know, the, the laughter, the lightning and the, the purpose in, in this communication so that we can have engagement with the people that we're talking to. And that's the whole point of communication. So here's to making the world a better place. Looking forward to speaking to the rest of you this time next week and go and get this amazing book, Post-COVID Engagement. All the best. Bye, Thank everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. Now it is up to you to make it happen. Join me next week for another dose of empowering vitamins as we navigate the marvelous roller coaster we call life. Subscribe and let me know what you think we should be talking about. Take care out there. <laughs>